calling out to the Itascacita community, it's time for your Itascacita Library advanced copy. Get your notes and news now. Hello, Itascacita community. Welcome to your advanced copy. This is the podcast where you learn what's going on at your local Itascacita branch library, as well as some interesting notes and news, things that are going on or just a bit of history that we'd like to share. The library is about fun and information or information and fun. It is September 2nd of 2022, and we have a lot going on for the month of September. Of course, there's the beginning of the Hispanic Heritage Month that is in the middle of the month. It runs from September 15th to October 15th, and we'll have a lot of programs going on with that. We're going to talk about some really special programs and some new ones that we haven't done before at the end of this podcast. But our main talk today is about pirates. September 19th is International Talk Like a Pirate Day. We'll tell you how that unofficial official holiday began as well as talk about well what were pirates really like and hear about some of the more famous ones as well as learning about the pirate code. First some news about the construction. The tarp inside the library is down. That's right. You can see what's been happening behind that big black tarp. It is pulled away and the office space and media AV lab are mostly complete. Now it's just moving things in and getting it ready for use. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll get to that place and we'll be able to have one of our study rooms back when we do that. We're going to go from one study room to two study rooms once this whole process is completed. The meeting room itself still has a ways to go. And of course, we still need to wait on a few parts that are being brought in for the new air handler to handle that large space. We hope you'll be able to stop by the library and see the brand new, fabulous, gleaming AV lab. The library is closing early. We close at 5 o'clock today on September 2nd. We are closed for the holiday weekend through September 5th and will reopen on September 6th, Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Now on to a little more piratical talk. PJ, Daniel, and I sat down to talk about pirates because of International Talk Like a Pirate Day, September 19th. Hi, it's the Tasca Cedar Branch Library. We're here today with myself, Daniel, with PJ, and Beth, and we're going to talk about pirates. Yar. So we are talking about pirates because September 19th is International Talk Like a Pirate. So we figured, who doesn't like pirates, right? Yar. First, I want to remark on the yar thing, because yar is actually a way of saying yes, yar or r. And I will have a little sample in here of the dialect from England, where this whole kind of stereotypical piratical speech is known. What you're trying to tell us is be careful about yar, because you're basically agreeing to something. (laughs) Yar. <laughs> exactly. <right>. Yar. Wow. <laughs> I like that one. That's a questionable yes. I can you know, jump on in and talk about the Widow. So the Widow is, is a specific ship. This is a galley that was laid down in 1715, launched in 1716, and part of the Atlantic Triangle of Trade. Sent over from England to uh, Widow in East Africa, the town she was named after. 
proceed and trade in and then took on slaves to bring back to the West Indies. And then after dropping those off, she got caught by pirates off the coast of Cuba in February of 1717, uh, specifically by uh, Black Sam Bellamy, who was a famous pirate known for his black coat and also for his lost love that he left in Cape Cod. Aww. Yes. Uh, it's unfortunately, the Weta and Sam Schroeder not very long after that. She ran into a nor'easter off Cape Cod in April 26 of 1717, and she lost her mast, flipped over, and sank with only two survivors. Wow, I'm surprised they had any survivors. You're yeah. in that northeastern area, super cold. So I'm glad that you brought up Sam Bellamy because I do think that he's one of the more honorable pirates. I was telling Daniel that Netflix has a series, and I don't know if it's in conjunction with the History Channel, but it has a series on the golden age of piracy. And so Sam Bellamy is one of them. You've got all the well-known Charles Vane, Blackbeard, Benjamin Hornigold. So they, they mention these and they talk about Sam Bellamy and just that tragic love relationship that he had where basically he fell in love with a woman whose father didn't really think highly of Benjamin Bellamy because he didn't have any money, didn't think he was good enough for his daughter. So he actually goes into pirating to make money in the hopes of returning and having enough money to marry her. She does end up pregnant and the father ends up picking her out of the house and then unfortunately she gives birth to the child and the child ends up dying i guess from like that crib syndrome she ends up dying through no fault of her own and then she gets flogged and is blamed for the child's death and never believes that Sam Bellamy is going to come back, and so she commits suicide. And it's just such a tragic love story because I feel a lot more sympathy for her than for him. I mean, he's off pirating, and she's going through all this stuff. She got flogged? She got flogged for uh, basically because her child ended up dying through no fault of her own. And Sam Bellamy's whole purpose for getting into piracy was always to come back to her. So when that happened, he was actually trying to get back to her. Yes, he was on his way back home. This is just sad. It is like the <laughs> Romeo and Juliet of the pirate world, is what I say. So I'm happy that you brought him up, because I do think he is one of the most honorable of the pirates. Which leads me to another pirate that I'm sure everybody knows, because... We used to work with Sam, <laughs> speaking of which. Yeah, if you're talking about iconic pirates, then I think you are going to probably come up with Blackbeard, who was known as Edward Thatch. And what I find interesting about Blackbeard is he's very unique. Everybody remembers him, and they remember him as a scary pirate, you know, a no-tolerant pirate. The pirate who would put flaming matches under his, like, beard. Flaming beard is very memorable, yes. Yes. But actually, reports state that he wasn't a violent man. People didn't see him kill or be violent to anyone. He actually freed a bunch of slave ships. And 
and those who decided to join his crew were freed black men. He was a very well-learned man who knew several languages. So I just, I think it's funny because it's not the image that fits with what I guess society has come to view him as. Also, if I'm not mistaken, in that series, there is, I want to say it's when Sam Bellamy and Blackbeard were together. One of the ways that they ended up winning a victory is they, there was a larger vessel that they were going after, and I think it was the Spanish army, if I'm not mistaken, but they decided that they were going to uh, use a tactic of scaring this bigger vessel. So they all decided to get naked and make crazy sounds like they were crazy men. Like they were Scots. Yeah. Beating their like chest and everything, scaring the opposite uh, crew. I mean, that's pretty innovative way of winning, right? So yeah, there's a little bit on Edward Thatch. And then also the other thing that I want to talk about is there was a Republic of Pirates, which was a loose confederacy. Piracy has been going on for ages, but when we think of piracy, we are probably thinking of the golden age of piracy. Because it ended, what, 1730-ish? I don't know. You might want to look that up, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a computer here. I can do some looking up. We answer reference questions all the time. It's between 1650s and the 1730s, so it's roughly 100 years. The Golden Age? Golden Age of Piracy, common designation for the period between 1650s and the 1730s when maritime piracy was a significant factor in the histories of the Caribbean or Caribbean. So maybe I'm thinking of the Republic of Pirates now that, yeah. for 11 years, which is the NSL. But yeah, there was a bunch, you know, we think about pirates as being lawless and having no codes and just doing whatever they want. But in truth, a lot of pirates had pirate codes and there were different types of pirate codes. So I want to highlight some of Bartholomew Roberts' pirate code, because some of these are just kind of funny and um, very surprising. For example, there was no gambling. And I think when you look at pirates, or you think about pirates, you think of gambling, right? But he did not allow gambling. Everyone got a vote. So wow, I mean, democracy at its best, right? Um, the lights were out by 8 p.m. I mean, 8 p.m. I'm lucky if the lights are out at 8 p.m. in my house. But that's just hilarious. How would he enforce that? Because you're on a vessel, right? So there's shifts. You would have to have somebody awake in the middle of the night. So I that's what I'm just I'm just trying to figure that out. So I think uh, what I read was candles and lights were supposed to be out at eight, which kind of meant like you stop drinking at eight. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't want to do that, then you're going to have to go up deck and do it by moonlight. They had to keep their weapons clean, and no boys or women were allowed in the ships. So if any of the pirates sneaked a woman in, um, their penalty would be death. And so I just thought these pirate codes are really interesting 
because like I said, we think of pirates as lawless, doing whatever they want. But no, and, and to be fair, um, there were several pirate codes. I am just sampling the pirate code of Bartholomew Roberts. Mm -hmm. Beth, do you want to talk to us about the language? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned it kind of briefly at the top because Daniel, you know, yard his way in. But uh, the language is based on a particular dialect, and we've associated that dialect mainly through film and media, which is something that you had brought up to me as we were discussing this earlier. That uh, specifically, uh, it's West country parlance that means yes now the west country is in england it is a maritime province so the language itself was just natural then but the main actor was robert newton who was also from the west country and he starred in a few of the piratical disney films top of the morning gentlemen sit down at table to starve but if he kindly will but of note the first time that West Country, like using the yarn and everything shows up, is as early as 1934 in a film, Treasure Island, by Lionel Barrymore. So it's actually before Robert Newton who popularized it due to the films that he was in. Uh, some of the main sounds they make, the R and the far and the yar, the R sound is extremely strong. And that's because the West Country accent has a rhotic R. It's a very strong R. So West Country dialect and speech of England is where you get your uh, piratical tones and inflections. Yar. Yar. I would love to, like, you know, time machine bring back some pirates, watch, like, let them watch, um, you know, like, Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> and just be like... First explain the whole concept of, you know, TVs and, and media to them. This and, is and not real. Nah, right. let them just be like, what? <laughs> Ghosts on the screen. Yeah. I would love to see, like, their reaction, because I know, like, for me... As a history major, there's times where I'm like, that's not correct. No, that's not right. These pirates being like, what? I never had a parrot. Yeah. <laughs> the eye patch is an interesting thing. So if I remember correctly, the eye patch, like the only reason they would use the eye patch is not necessarily because they were missing an eye. It was more to get them accustomed to one eye always being in the dark. It wasn't for any scary purposes or because they lost an eye. It was... From what I read, just a necessity. Yeah, to prevent uh, blindness when you're going in and out yeah. of the ship because it'd be much darker in the ship. Right, yeah. And so then you just close the eyes that was not and open up the eye pass and you can see not have, and adjust very quickly. Which would be good if right. you're, say, in a, in a battle. Okay, so, but why didn't they do that, like, in the naval ships? They didn't care about their people as much. Evidently, no. Just like, no, I expect you to just be able to move from the dark to the light real fast. Well, you know, and it's funny that you say that because I think a lot of, in the series, it talks about how a lot of these pirates used to be maritime mm -hmm. people that were in the Navy. And oftentimes, the conditions of how Navy men were treated mm -hmm. is much worse than being under a pirate captain. Well, the from my understanding, you know, the 
piracy was a lot more democratic. Yes. Because you, yes. you brought that up. Yes. And it's like in the Navy for the countries, no, it wasn't that. I mean, even to get a captaincy often had to do with the money that you purchased and not necessarily your skill or your effort. And you, the people who were beneath the officers were you were just fodder. They would find somebody else as well. Yeah. So yeah. In the British Navy, they would organize the ships by class like that. And mm -hmm. so, and, you know, in the nicer parts of the ships, you'd have the officers, and the not good parts, you'd have a crew. And in between, you would have Marines mm -hmm. to keep the crew from rising up and killing the officers and taking all the nice stuff. And I think maybe this is why pirate codes became a thing, because could you just imagine like there'd be mutiny all the time. You want your workers to respect, have some respect for you. You don't want to always be like, well, this is the 14th captain yeah. that we've gone through in a year. <laughs> well, they have buy-in too. So like the success of the team, they actually directly profit from. And I know it's fiction, but my favorite captain is actually Captain Blood. Um, based on the book by Raphael Sabatini. So it's a series of really of short stories and probably the only movie that I thought they did an excellent adaptation of the stories. What they cut made sense and what they kept yes. made sense. And it was like, yeah, I can see where this went. So, um, But they have a pirate code as well, or a code of ethics, um, which is very much based on that. But they presented in the book as being unique and unusual because he was a doctor and an aristocrat kind of person. But, you know, as, as we know, the code is actually kind of commonplace amongst pirate ships. Look at that. Pirates had somewhat of a democracy. And some ships even had retirement funds. Yes. And uh, disability insurance. Mm -hmm. And they were good about teamwork and team building, apparently. Yeah. Like, look at that. Yeah, I mean, well, the ship goes down if you all aren't working together. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that we... I think our listeners are now going to look at pirates and not be like, they're not that scary. Although we don't actually encourage you to become pirates. No, that's a no. field too far. No. <laughs> do not go and steal a ship and then go approaching about either the Caribbean or the coast of Africa or the South China Sea. I mean, maybe, you know, if you really need to get that pirate out of you for Halloween, you could dress up as a pirate. You know, get a whole bunch of your friends and form a limited liability company. Of the same as being a pirate ship. There you go. LLCs. <laughs> All the good of the pirates and not the bad. Just a quick thing on international talk like a pirate day for any who might not know. It was started just as an inside joke by two guys. Do you all know this story? No. no. I have an inkling, <laughs> have an inkling of the story. Of the things, all right. So, yes, I'm just pulling this from Wikipedia, but you can find this information all over the place. And Talk Like a Pirate Day does have its own website. But it was created in 1995 by John Bauer and Mark Summers of Albany, Oregon. And they proclaim September 19th each year as the day when everyone in the world should talk like a pirate. Now, what it came from was they were playing a racquetball game and one of them got injured and his outburst was "R," And so they were kind of making fun of each other and decided that they wanted to create a talk like a pirate day. Now the game took place 
in June. It was June 6, 1995, but the gentleman, uh, respecting the observance of the Normandy landings, decided to choose Summer's ex-wife's birthday, as it would be easy for them to remember. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, it didn't come into a big thing until they got humor columnist Dave Barry in on it in 2002, and they asked him to promote it, and so he did. He promoted it, and he took place in some of their sing-along songs, and then it became an international thing, unofficial, Talk Like a Pirate Day, September 19th, every year, just because some guy said, ah, when he got hit by a uh, rocket ball. So can we talk about the irony of that? Essentially, this man gets injured, and his first thing is, yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you probably didn't realize. <laughs> yes. Evidently. So into the game. So, there you go. Well, thank you, guys. We hope you enjoyed the segment of Pirates. Of Ask G. Yo-ho, yo-ho, Pirates like for me. Ahoy! You guys can continue to. <laughs> Polly wants a cracker? <laughs> You've been listening to Atascacita Library Advanced Copy. We have some great programs coming up in September. I specifically want to mention the new Cook the Cookbook, which is a two-part program. So if you sign up for the first one, and we do ask for registration, you're going to sign up for the two-part series. The first one is on Thursday, September 15th at 6.30, and the group will gather together to discuss what recipes from a few chosen cookbooks that they're going to make. Then on Thursday, September 22nd at 6.30, you're going to bring your creations for a potluck-style gathering and dish about your dish. So this first cook, the cookbook, is inspired by Hispanic Heritage Month, and they're going to celebrate and learn about Latin American food and those cultures. That's September 15th, Thursday at 6.30 and September 22nd at 6.30. This is a two-part series, and we do ask that you register online, hcpl.net slash events slash 67264 or just hcpl.net, go to events in the upper bar. On the left-hand side, you can narrow down those events to the library that you're interested in, as well as the month, and take a look at what's happening at the library. This month, we also have the book habit. The book habit is going classics. This is a book discussion group for ages 8 to 12, they are going to be reading The Secret Garden, a graphic novel by Mariah Marsden and Hannah Luchtfeld. This is a graphic novel adaptation of Frances Hodgson Burnett's classic children's tale, A Secret Garden. You can read the ebook or check out your copy. And on September 26th at 4 o'clock, they will discuss what you thought of the story and its adaptation to a graphic novel format. We do ask that you register online. To register, you can go to hcpl.net slash events slash 67177. Or, of course, just go to hcpl.net. On the upper bar, there is events. Select that. Then on the left-hand side, you can narrow down to the library you're interested in as well as the type of programs. Again, this is The Book Habit. It's for ages 8 to 12, and it is going to be Monday, September 26th at 4 o'clock.
For those young patrons who have been waiting, iSpy is back. Yes, September starts our iSpy. Come to the library, get your playing card, find the displays around the library, learn new areas, maybe find something you didn't know was there before, come back to the service desk, and all those that participate will get a little prize. You get a prize once a month, but you're welcome to play iSpy as many times as you would like. While anyone is welcome to participate in iSpy, it is focused on our younger patrons, so ages 12 and younger. In the spirit of Hispanic Heritage Month, our teens are going to taste test tamales. Celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month with discovering the history of tamales and sample a variety of them. The program is for teens in middle and high school. It is going to be Thursday, September 22nd at 430 Registration is not required. That is Teen Taste Test Tamales on September 22nd at 4.30. We hope that you all have a safe and happy Labor Day weekend holiday. Thank you for joining us all here at Atascacita Branch Library Advanced Copy. If you like hearing about the goings-on of the library, a little bit of the behind the scenes, and getting to know your library staff a little bit better, be sure to like and subscribe. Share it with friends you think might be interested in a little bit of information along with a lot of fun. You've been listening to Atascacita Library Advanced Copy. Find information on media used and resources mentioned on our podcast webpage. This podcast is produced by the staff of Atascacita Branch Library, a part of the Harris County Public Library System. Funds for the podcast are provided by a grant from Best Buy through the Friends of Atascacita Library. Find out more about this 501c3 organization at full.ws. That's F-O-A-L dot W-S.